Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM640 Los Angeles, Orange County. And KOST HD2. It's 5 a.m. What did you miss? It's time for Wake Up Call with Jennifer Jones-Lee. Good morning. Welcome to a Thursday. It's KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk the 25th of July. Here's what's ahead on your wake up call. The governor of Puerto Rico has given in to pressure from protesters who demanded his resignation. He announced he's going to resign. Just not necessarily today. We'll explain. There are new reports. The wealthy sex offender Jeffrey Epstein has been found injured in his jail cell in Manhattan. And South Korea says the North has fired a new type of ballistic missile. We'll find out what that is. Talk more about that, especially at 520. 5.05, we'll talk with ABC's legal analyst, Royal Oaks, and just kind of deconstruct Robert Mueller's testimony from yesterday morning with a legal spin to everything. Were there any big takeaways? And when it comes to obstruction or the investigation being a hoax or the collusion points, were there any real winners Royal will explain. 605, it's handled on the news, but let's start with some of those stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Puerto Ricans have been partying in the streets over their governor's resignation. Governor Ricardo Rosseo announced he's stepping down in a Facebook video posted just before midnight. His choice followed nearly two weeks of protests. People say they want a fresh start. I want corruption to leave my island. I want the country to work towards a better future, a sustainable future where we are autonomous, where we can work on our economy. Now the new governor, effective late next week, will be the island's justice secretary. She's the one investigating the governor and other officials for sending crass chat messages that leaked and infuriated Puerto Ricans. We'll be following up on this. Uh, So again, he's supposed to step down next Friday. That's when she takes over. But she's still part of the government and Puerto Ricans aren't necessarily thrilled with that idea either. Although I, I guess it's first things first, getting Roseo out of there and then they'll worry about Um, the new justice secretary stepping in as the new governor. So we'll see uh, if if everything settles down once she takes over or if there's still going to be some sort of revolt or some sort of movement to get all total change within that government. So we'll see. NBC News reports the wealthy sex offender Jeffrey Epstein has been found injured in his jail cell in Manhattan. Unnamed sources told NBC Epstein was found this week in his cell, semi-conscious and curled up on the floor with marks on his neck. Epstein's been denied bail while he awaits trial for allegedly sex trafficking underage girls. If convicted, he's likely to spend the rest of his life locked up. South Korea says North Korea has fired a new type of ballistic missile. The North launched two missiles today, hundreds of miles into the sea. The South Korean military classifies them as short range. The U.S. and South Korea have determined the second missile flew farther, nearly 500 miles. We'll talk more about this with ABC's Tom Rivers coming up at 520. 
A flash flood warning took effect early this morning in San Bernardino County. Monsoonal moisture in the air fueled heavy thunderstorms, dropping up to one and a half inches of rain in the county. The National Weather Service says no more rain is expected. The warning set to expire in just about 15 minutes from now. A woman wanted for murder in Carson has been caught in Mexico. The woman's teenage daughter, who had been reported missing since the murder, was with her in Mexico. Officials say the 15-year-old is safe. The mother's ex-husband was arrested in Mexico last month in connection with the same murder from April. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department says the two shot and killed a man in his car and then headed for the border. The mother and her daughter have already been transferred back to the U.S. Andrew Mullenbeck, KFI News. Police say a baseball bat attack in Van Nuys was part of a planned robbery. Police say a man met up with two women he thought were showing up for sex, but LAPD detective Peter Barba says the women lured the man into or to an awaiting attacker. The victim falls to the ground uh, where he's passed out and the suspect continues to hit him and hit him, almost killing the victim. Police just released video of the beating that happened in January. Investigators say they needed help identifying the robbers. The ACLU has sued the federal government on behalf of three immigration activists who say they've been placed on a watch list. The lawsuit claims the government secretly tracked the activists, leading them to be harassed and detained at the border. A federal judge in San Francisco's blocked the Trump administration from enforcing new asylum restrictions for people crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. The policy prevents most migrants from claiming asylum if they pass through another country first. Early yesterday, a judge in Washington had ruled the administration could enforce the rule while court challenges play out. In just a moment, we'll talk with ABC's Royal Oaks about a former special counsel, Robert Mueller's testimony yesterday before Congress. A couple of other stories I want to bring you. L.A. County has confirmed its 16th case of the measles. The county's public health department says the latest case involves travel outside the U.S. and is not linked to other outbreaks from earlier this year. Health officials say they're working to identify people in Venice, L.A. and Santa Monica who might have been exposed to the illness. State Attorney General Javier Becerra has sued leaders of a veterans charity. Becerra says the director and several other officials with the group Move America Forward skimmed millions of dollars in donations for care packages for combat troops. Our troops and their commitment to our country should never be exploited. The attorney general says the bus was part of Operation Donate with Honor, which has found more than a thousand scams targeting the military in California alone. Most Americans want to be generous with those who have given service in uniform to our country. But he says people have to do their research and check the state's charity registry that legitimizes groups to avoid getting scammed. Monica Ricks, KFI News. And let's try. We've got a a little technical glitch this morning, so bear with me. We're going to try and get ABC's Royal Oaks here. And let's see here. Royal, are you there? Good morning. Oh, nothing. All right. Well, we tried. It was a different line than we normally use, and uh, apparently... I can't bring that up here. So we'll keep trying to get a hold of him. But uh, I've got other news for you. Governor Newsom has signed a law rerouting up to $130 million from clean air projects to clean water. California has yet to provide clean tap water to more than a million people. The problem is especially bad in the Central Valley. The state even has a grant program to give bottled water to about 18,000 people. The rerouted money will help smaller water providers improve their service. Governor Newsom says he's encouraged by Chevron's response to the state's biggest oil spill in decades. 
Nearly a million gallons of oil and water have leaked from the ground at an oil field west of Bakersfield. Chevron's actually increased oil production in the area in an attempt to reduce underground pressure. The last seepage was noticed about a week ago. All right, I think we got him. ABC's Royal Oaks. Royal, good morning. Good morning. Technical difficulties overcome. I know. Exactly. We beat them. We beat them. All right. So speaking of beating them, <laughs> who won yesterday? Were there any clear winners when it comes to deconstructing the Robert Mueller testimony? Well, the general consensus is that the Democrats were the losers, and specifically Robert Mueller was the loser. You know, it was so strange that the idea was to breathe life into the dry 448-page report. And Robert Mueller came across like the crypt keeper. I mean, yeah. he did not breathe life into this situation. Uh, the Democrats were very disappointed. He was not energetic. He was not thoroughly familiar with the report. He had to have questions repeated many times. But, you know, these are style things. Substantively, he did not exonerate Trump. And, of course, Trump has been trumpeting that he was totally exonerated on all fronts. And, and Mueller had clarified, no, that simply is not the case. In addition... For the Democrats, Mueller explained why he pursued the idea of obstruction, because some of the Republicans, as you know, said, well, gee, if you think he can't be indicted and so you wouldn't come to a conclusion as to obstruction, then why did you bother to investigate for anything? Why did you conclude that he actually didn't collude with Russia? And Mueller had a very rational answer, namely, well, a lot of people's lives are at stake. We had to investigate a lot of folks. And in order to find out who we should possibly indict, and he indicted a bunch of people, we had to investigate the president. Plus, it's always possible to go after the president after he leaves office. And it doesn't make sense to wait years and years to investigate. It's here now. And of course, some people thought this was a thinly veiled impeachment referral. And so in that sense, uh, he held his own. But my gosh, he certainly didn't do any favors for the for the Democrats. You remember repeatedly the Democrats would say, well, would you please read this portion of the report out loud? And they're obviously looking for a nice soundbite for a, for a TV commercial for the election. And Mueller pushed back and said, no, I'd rather that you read it yeah. out loud. Yeah. And then there was the very frustrating element where uh, Representative Lou got him to admit that the reason he didn't find he obstructed justice was because you can't indict a president. First thing off the bat in the afternoon, Mueller clarifies, oh, you know, there was a misunderstanding this morning with Representative Lou. The reason I didn't conclude he obstructed is because we simply didn't go down that road. We didn't make a decision as to obstruction. So, so a very frustrating day for the Democrats. Absolutely. It was interesting, though, as frustrating of a day as it was for the Democrats and whether they were, in fact, trying to find this impeachment referral. The one person that I thought probably sat back and watched this and thought, see, I told you, is Nancy Pelosi. On one hand, it's not, it sort of vindicated what she's been saying all along. Don't go down the impeachment road. I think that's exactly right. They're going to have a real heart-to-heart. Apparently, Pelosi is meeting with AOC tomorrow. There are bound to be communications with the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. And it's, it's so funny when you think back over the last several years, all of the frustration that the moderates in the Republican Party have had, the, the Boehners and the Paul Ryans, with this insurgent Tea Party Freedom Caucus wing that, that's really frustrated the attempt to, to make some some rational, moderate progress working 
hands across the aisle with the Democrats. You have the same phenomenon now yeah. with with the Democrats. You've got these progressives. And I wouldn't be surprised if AOC and the rest of the squad, uh, are, they're not going to take this lying down. I mean, you heard the litany of Democrat presidential candidates yesterday. I think they met with the NAACP, and they were not holding back. They, they were still saying, we got to press ahead with with impeachment. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what emerges from this power struggle between Nancy Pelosi, who really has been denigrating the importance of AOC and the progressives, saying, well, they've got four or five people and so on. And then, of course, as we know recently, there are actually some racial allegations where AOC was suggesting that Pelosi is dumping on her squad, perhaps because we're women of color and people are scratching their heads saying, really, Nancy Pelosi is a racist? So it's not a happy time for the Democrats in Washington. No, it does not feel that way at all. From a completely legal standpoint, you obviously watched this cover to cover yesterday. Was there anything that Robert Mueller said that could lead to any sort of obstruction, any sort of impeachment, anything like that, or even on the Republican side, any proof of any sort of hoax or mismanagement when it came to the investigation itself? Well, the fact that Donald Trump told his White House counsel, Don McGahn, hey, go fire Mueller. And then Don McGahn pushed back and said, no, we're not going to have another Saturday Night Massacre. And then later, the president apparently urged McGahn to lie and say, oh, no, tell people I never told you to to fire Mueller. And Trump goes to his campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, and tries to get him uh, to to get Sessions to back off, to, to unrecuse himself. These are tangible ways that the president tried to interfere with the process. From the Democrat standpoint, this is a no-brainer. This is obstruction of justice. And so whether it's going after the president after he's out of office or trying to muster the support, the political support, the votes now. So, yeah, I I think what happened uh, in the Mueller report and is amplified yesterday uh, when you cut through all of the style issues is that there are still some very serious issues out there for the president as to whether it's serious enough to, to cause Pelosi to, to roll the dice and go forward. It's really hard to say, but it, it certainly it didn't end the dispute. It just didn't give the Democrats the home run they were hoping for. And the big disappointment, I think, is why didn't Mueller insist go to the court and try to get Trump to testify? Because yeah, everybody has has a, a notion, I think, that if Trump were to have testified under oath, it could have gotten really interesting and really harmful for him. And yet Mueller said, well, we didn't want it to drag on too long. Well, gee, why didn't you start earlier, go to the court, tee it up, try to get a judge to force Trump to testify? That would give you some leverage. And if he did, if the judge did say, yes, he must testify, uh, who knows what kind of a bonanza you could have gotten. But that, that was not delivered by Mueller. So ultimately... He may be seen as as a big disappointment by the Democrats. When it comes to Mueller himself, what happens to him now? I mean, here he puts out this report. He stands by his report. He even gave that news conference where he didn't take any questions, but he said, here's my report. Here's what came out in it. You had the leaked letter about William Barr. I mean, it it, from uh, the outside looking in, it looked like Mueller was this really strong man who was putting together this report and had his convictions and nothing was going to leak until that letter did eventually. And then yesterday... He just came across as as kind of bumbling at times. It it for his reputation anyway. Yesterday, it seemed that you know I I heard the word sad used over and over again describing the way that he presented himself. It was sad, or the way he was being beaten up on. It was sad. 
Yeah, it really was. I'm not sure how he rehabilitates his image here. Of course, he's he's out of office. He's no longer special counsel. Who knows if he'll take on any more special assignments for the government? Uh, he's in his mid 70s. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy to go on the View and you know hit the talk show circuit. Doesn't seem like the kind of guy to come out you know firing like Comey or write a write a book and so on. The fact that he was just not really familiar with his report uh, and just had kind of lapses. You know, they asked him, well, who who was the president that appointed you as U.S. attorney? And he got that wrong. He said it was one of the Bushes and he had to be told, oh, no, it was it was President Reagan. So, yeah, I I think this was just not a strong day for him, which is surprising because this is the 89th time that he has testified before Congress. And the people have just said he's got this laser like focus. So. Maybe he just had a bad day. Maybe he's just slowing down. Uh, But this guy who was such a sphinx, such a mystery for so long, and I think everybody thought he was kind of a a tower of strength and and a real point of jeopardy for the president, uh, it it just seems like he he doesn't have as much strength going for him. And as I say, I'm not sure how he goes about changing that image. All right. Thanks so much for your perspective, Royal. I really appreciate it. You bet. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, you too. See you later. That's ABC's Royal Oaks. Interesting, interesting. I love just hearing the legalities around everything because it's one thing just to pick, pick and choose, and it's easy for the partisan sway to happen. Well, he said this, and that was good for the Republicans. Well, he didn't say this, and that was good for the Democrats, or he did say this. But when you hear from a legal standpoint how things can code down, really just the facts of what came out yesterday, I think that's the most important part. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, ABC's Tom Rivers all about these new types of ballistic missiles that North Korea apparently fired off yesterday into the ocean. So what does this do now when it comes to the U.S. and North Korean diplomacy? We'll find out from Tom, plus traffic and your forecast on your wake-up call. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By AM640, more stimulating talk. It's a Friday Eve. Welcome to your Thursday. I'm Jennifer Jones Lee. The Los Angeles Chargers training camp opens this Thursday and runs to Friday, August 16th, at Jack Hammett Sports Complex in Costa Mesa, and admission is free. Bolts fans can watch the Chargers practice in person and participate in activities for the entire family. Details at chargers.com slash camp. Bolt up. Some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The governor of Puerto Rico has given in to pressure from protesters who demanded his resignation. Governor Ricardo Rosseo posted a Facebook video last night announcing he'll be gone by the end of the week. Protesters in the street screaming with jubilation. They say their island's government is corrupt. Protesters ramped up after leaked chat messages showed the governor and others joking about women, gay people, and those killed by Hurricane Maria. 
And NBC News reports the wealthy sex offender Jeffrey Epstein has been found injured in his jail cell in Manhattan. Unnamed sources told NBC that Epstein was found this week in a cell, semi-conscious and curled up on the floor with marks on his neck. Epstein's been denied bail while he awaits trial for allegedly sex trafficking underage girls. 535, we'll talk with ABC's Aaron Katursky, Ponzi scheme mastermind Bernie Madoff. He's back in the news. He wants an early release from prison, and he's already asked the Justice Department for a reduction of his 150-year sentence. Now he's filed papers asking President Trump for the commutation. We'll find out exactly what his reasoning is from Aaron. 605, it's Handle on the News. Right now we say good morning to ABC's Tom Rivers. Well, Tom, it it had been, what, about two months? But North Korea has yep. now reportedly fired some sort of new ballistic missile into the ocean. And what what exactly was this? What's this new ballistic missile? Yeah, well, they're saying they're not sure if it's ballistic or not, but they're saying uh, the authorities in, in South Korea are saying it is a short-range missile, and they've kind of refined the distances. Uh, Initially, they said around 270. Now they're saying the first one went 265 miles, the second one went 428 miles. And whatever is interesting about this is the fact that they say it's a new missile. Something something is new in the propulsion system, whatever. But uh, the South Koreans say it's something different. And, of course, as you said, two months since the last short-range missile launch, three back in May, and it's, and it's designed to get a message to Washington. It's not a long-range test, uh, so you don't have to be worried about that. But they're saying, look, we, we need a dialogue. We want to have another summit. We want to get back talking. So it, it is, you know, raising eyebrows, at least in that regard, with Washington. The second one is North Korea says, look, you got your summer war games, which you do every year. We'd like you not to do it. Um, otherwise, we're going to start doing these tests that we've been doing exactly for a long period of time as well. So that's kind of where it stands right now. As far as the White House goes, they say uh, basically they're aware of this latest test and uh, no further comment at this stage. So we hope to get more out of them later on today. Absolutely, because the last time that we saw, the we actually visually saw the U.S. and North Korea with any sort of diplomacy, it was the president and Kim Jong-un, you know, crossing mm-hmm. into the DMZ, shaking hands. Yep. And so you kind of thought, all right, well, maybe there's something happening there. Then the report's coming out about North Korea being mad that South Korea and the U.S. were going to continue uh, the military drills. And now yep. this. So it seems like things are escalating again. Yeah, or or the, or the lack of picking up phones. Uh, something really, something has has dropped. But uh, yeah, it would be a, it would be beneficial to uh, both parties if if somebody could initiate a conversation, and at least talk about the possibility of meeting up somewhere down the road. And uh, you would probably, in that case, then uh, maybe eliminate at least for months more of these kinds of tests. All right. Well, we'll see what happens then, Tom. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Take care. See you later. ABC's Tom Rivers. We'll keep an eye on that one for sure. I know yesterday uh, something people were trying to keep an eye on was the Glendale power outage. Glendale Water and Power restored electricity to 11,000 customers. Thousands were left without air conditioning yesterday as temperatures pushed 100 degrees. One outage was fixed by about 3.30 in the afternoon, although John Ramirez... He, I think your power went out, and then it came back on about 3.30 and then went out again? The absolute worst. A neighbor downstairs said it was, like, out from 9 a.m., got home, like, around 12, went in, came back on, like, at 3. I took a nap, came back home, I'm sorry, uh, came back on at 3, and then went out at 3.30, and then it was out to, like, 7.30, 8. And what just sucks is the lack of air conditioning, or if you don't have air conditioning, at least fans or something to keep you cool. What'd you do? 
uh, went outside and it was just as hot as it was inside. But you at know? least you got, I, I assume, a little breeze or something. A little bit, yeah. I walked around just, you know, it's weird when you don't have Wi-Fi, you don't have no electricity, and like you see everybody outside, you're like, oh, we're going through the same thing. I see what's going on here. Okay, now see, this is what's funny, though. is So Twitter, uh, Trevor, editor Trevor, was putting this story together for me. He said, I went on Twitter and just saw what people were talking about or whatever. Not one complaint did he read that said anything about, like, oh, gosh, our air conditioning or we don't have fans. People were complaining about the loss of Internet and broken traffic lights. One guy said he was at hashtag rock bottom because his plan to do laundry at his mom's house had been foiled. Um, Okay. One woman rejoiced she was sent home from work with full pay. Now, that that is good. I get that one. But nobody was like, man, this sucks. It's so hot. It's 100 degrees in our air conditioning. It, it, they just couldn't watch Netflix. That's funny because, you know, on next the Nextdoor app, you see all the threads and everything. Everybody was complaining of, of like, oh, how hot it was. But they were like, but let's just hope for the best from, like, all these employees that are working to get this power on. It was actually very positive oh, on Nextdoor. Oh, that's good. That's but again, good. Yeah, I look at the generation, though. I'm like, a lot of people on Nextdoor, I'm not, you know, saying they're all, you know, you know, 22... 20. I don't know how old they are. Trying to say they're older, aren't you? John? A little, little bit, you yeah, know. But yeah. you know, I, I watch for the crime stuff that's happening around the neighborhood. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's really interesting to see how social media is like, no Netflix, but yet next door is like, well, it sucks. It's friggin' hot. But I mean, you know, <laughs> it's hope for the best for these employees, you know. Absolutely. That is that's a good comparison. But you're right, actually, the probably the age of the people on next door is a little bit older maybe the age of the people on twitter is a little bit younger nice catch there john good comparison there was a lot of bonds that were met on that next door and people were like oh yeah yeah i'm going to that too. oh yeah we should meet up and hey wave to me across see the street. power outages bring people together look at that as handel would say the silver lining are you going anywhere with your neighbors john no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Aaron Katursky about how mastermind of the Ponzi scheme Bernie Madoff wants his sentence reduced. We'll find out how he plans to do that and why he's already asking the president for that reduction of sentence. When I wanted sunshine, I got rain. And then I saw her face. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Welcome to a Thursday. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. Some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A woman wanted for murder and her missing teen from Redondo Beach have been found together in Mexico. The LA County Sheriff's Department says the woman and her ex-husband killed a man in Carson in April. The ex-husband was arrested in Mexico last month. Officials in that country found the mother and her 15-year-old earlier this week. The teen is safe and will live with relatives in California. 5.50 this morning, we'll talk with ABC's Ryan Burrow about what the CEO of Boeing said to raise the possibility now of pumping the brakes on the production of the 737 MAX fleet. We'll find out exactly what he said, sort of intimating that from Ryan. 6.05, it's Handle on the News. Right now, let's say good morning to ABC's Aaron Katursky. It was kind of interesting to see a Bernie Madoff headline last night, Aaron. Good morning. Good morning. Bernie Madoff uh, hasn't had a lot of those headlines because he's been serving a 150-year sentence in Butler Federal Prison in North Carolina, but he has now uh, indicated that he will seek uh, a clemency petition with the Justice Department urging that that 150-year sentence be reduced. He's not seeking a pardon from President Trump, uh, but he is seeking to have that uh, sentence reduced and uh, will wait to see what petition he actually files to see how much time he thinks he deserves off. 
Okay, has the Justice Department hinted in any way that it would reduce that sentence? Uh, it hasn't, but it has not yet received the formal petition. And, and I'm Got not it. sure. Uh, I remember his sentencing day and Judge uh, Denny Chin, who's now on the Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, scolding him significantly for all of the financial hardship that he caused to countless people. That, by the way, is still being unwound. He is... Um, you know, they, they are still going through to, to claw back money that was lost in, in, in the largest ever Ponzi scheme. Uh, and it, you know, it totals in the billions. Uh, and, and so he's he hadn't been seen what in you know, more than 10 years. And uh, and, and still it's uh, it's a thing. So the president has the final say as to whether the, the sentence can be reduced, correct? Well, that would be for a pardon. I believe the Justice Department can. Uh, can, can rule on clemency. Um, okay, so just for the party the, portion. Um, but I'm not sure that he's going to find a lot of sympathy. Now, maybe, you know, he can say that his sentence was excessive, that he's learned his lesson, that he's now an old man, that he's never going to be trading stocks, that, you know, whatever he can say. Um, but I, I think his his victims would, would, in all likelihood, argue that there's no there's no sympathy play here. All right. Well, we'll see what happens here. But yeah, it seemed it seemed really far fetched. And I guess I wonder why now? Why now would he ask for this? I mean, he's been in there for 10 years, so, you know, maybe it's getting old um, and, and he's, he's tired of it. Or maybe he's looking at some of the people that have gotten pardons and, and thinks, you know, why not me? Let me make some kind of play. Uh, he's you know, he's an older man. Um, he has lost uh you know, uh, a son to suicide and another to illness. He has, uh, I mean, it's, he's, he's had a, a, a rough go and not, not to suggest that that's a, a sympathetic statement, but, um, you know, who knows what he's, what he's thinking. All right, Aaron, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Okay, Jen. See you later. ABC's Aaron Katursky. Uh, sorry about the phone lines. We're having all kinds of crazy issues this morning. Um, and I think, I think it is, um, I think it's wishful thinking on Bernie Madoff's part. And here's why. So if Bernie Madoff asked the president to reduce his prison sentence, right? He needs to go back and read the book that came out. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The year that he was sentenced. It was President Trump's book, Think Like a Champion. He wrote in it that uh, he said no to Madoff's suggestion that he invest in his fund. President Trump said in the book... I had enough going in my own business that I didn't need to be associated or involved with this. This is according to an article in U.S. News and World Report. In that same book, Trump said he knew a number of people who had invested their life savings with the scamster. And he said he is without a doubt a sleazebag and a scoundrel without par. Mm-hmm. Somebody says that about you in their book. I don't feel like you got a lot going for you. That's just me. All right, let's get back to some of the other stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Man, somebody or something that does have a lot going for it 
the Clippers, the whole team, introducing their two new megastars. And did so as only excitable owner Steve Ballmer can do. I have these notes, but I got to say I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Kawhi Leonard went to high school in Riverside, Paul George in Palmdale. Kawhi, I'll send it your way first. What does it mean to be playing basketball for you here in Los Angeles in front of friends and family? Uh, It means a lot to me. Um, You know, these are the Clippers were probably one of the first NBA games I came to. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a different staff organization now as far as uh, people that's leading it, but um, just be able to, you know, for my uh, friends and family to, you know, drive to a game and watch me play and see them out there and able to just enjoy the time here is going to be great. Paul, how exciting is it for you that your basketball career brings you back here to Los Angeles? Um, I think the same as, you know, what Kawhi uh, said, you know, just family, friends, um, just being able to be here full time, the interactions I can have with, you know, people I grew up with and, and people that's been around me since I've been a kid, I'm, I'm here. You know, I'm able to be touched. I'm able to, you know, be here full time, be around my niece, nephews, um, my kids being here with their niece or <laughs> their uh, cousins. Um, it's just, you know, I think it's, it's a great feel all around. I've always wanted to play back home and, and see what that was like and um, do something for my hometown. So, um, I think now I'm here, I can do that on a full-time level. Clippers games can be heard on AM570 LA Sports. Aaron Bender, KFI News. I love that Bender pointed out right at the beginning uh, Steve Ballmer's enthusiasm. So I Googled really fast Steve Ballmer because I had seen a couple of uh, clips of him this morning and I was just honestly wanting to see some more of the joy. And <laughs> the headlines that come up uh, off The Verge, Steve Ballmer is still very hyped. Off TMZ, Steve Ballmer loses his damn mind at the Kawhi Paul George event. The LA Times, the sports report, Steve Ballmer steals the show. It, it is so true. If you get a second, Google this and just see how incredibly hype the hand clapping for me was the best part. You got to watch the hand clapping. It's good. The Angels have swept the Dodgers in the freeway series for the first time. Cole Calhoun hit a homer and two doubles last night. Mike Trout drove in another run for a final score of 3-2 to two at Dodger Stadium. Crazy eighth inning. I don't know if you were able to watch it, but Cody Bellinger and Dave Roberts out there, mad on the mound and uh, pointing fingers and showing distances. And it, it, got, it got very, very wild. So it was a, definitely a dramatic end to that game for sure. When we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Ryan Burrow. The CEO of Boeing has raised the possibility of pumping the brakes on the production of the 737 MAX fleet. We'll find out exactly what he said from Ryan in just a few minutes. Plus, we'll take a look at traffic and your forecast on your wake-up call. This is how you remind me of what I really am. It's not like you say sorry. AM640, more stimulating talk on a Friday eve. Some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The governor of Puerto Rico has given in to pressure from protesters who demanded his resignation. Governor Ricardo Rosseo posted a Facebook video last night announcing he'll be gone by the end of next week. 
Protesters say their island's government is corrupt. Protests ramped up after leaked chat messages showed the governor and others joking about women, gay people, and those killed by Hurricane Maria. And NBC News reports wealthy sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's been found in his jail cell injured in Manhattan. Unnamed sources told NBC Epstein was found this week in his cell, semi-conscious, and curled up on the floor with marks on his neck. Epstein's been denied bail while he awaits trial for allegedly sex trafficking underage girls. We're just minutes away from Handle on the News this morning, but right now we say hello to ABC's Ryan Burrow. So, Ryan, what was it that the CEO of Boeing said to sort of raise suspicions that he might be pumping the brakes on production of that 737 MAX fleet? Well, from a business perspective, might not be a bad idea because those planes are still on the ground, right? I mean, you keep manufacturing them, you keep trying to sell them, but uh, if they're not able to be used in the sky and they're not federally regulated or given approval yet, then what's the point? That's what uh, CEO Dennis Mullenberg told investors yesterday at his uh, Q2 conference call, uh, and he said that the company may need to further slow or temporarily halt the production of Max 737s, they're, uh, to this point, the top-selling plane that they had been making. Uh, the company wants to see what happens with recertification. The hope is they've got their fingers crossed that uh, by maybe October, sometime this fall, it seems like the deadline keeps getting pushed back, yeah. uh, it will be recertified and the planes will be back up in the air and they'll be ready to go. But uh, that being said, still doesn't appear as though the software update is complete. Certainly the testing hasn't been completed, and until they can get uh, the thumbs up from the FAA and, and these airlines, uh, they're going to remain on the ground, which is not good, because in Q2 alone, Boeing lost $3 billion, that's with a B, $3 billion, their biggest quarterly loss, and the MAX uh, 737 has a lot to do with that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the, just sort of from the business aspect. That was my first thought last night when I read the headline. I went, wait, they're still producing that? Why? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's well, I mean, they're manufacturing, and of course, they're looking not necessarily at next week or tomorrow. They're looking, you know, years down the road. So uh, they, to this point, have been steady as she goes as far as the manufacturing. Uh, slowed to some degree, but, uh, you know, the hope is that eventually uh, these planes are back up in the air. Don't know if that's possible, and the lawsuits continue to stack up here in Chicago, where I'm at. Uh, the wife of a U.S. Army captain who died in the Ethiopian Airlines crash announced uh, she's filing a lawsuit against Boeing saying that from nose to tail, uh, it's a flawed model, it's a flawed plane, uh, and that the company essentially rushed these out there uh, because they put uh, profit over safety, and that's what their attorney said yesterday, or her attorney, uh, just one of numerous lawsuits that have now been filed against Boeing. And what the attorney said yesterday is they'd really like to kind of um, focus their attention on these airlines, American, United, Southwest, and let them know, look, you, you've got to be uh, a little bit more forthcoming and transparent about the kinds of planes people are going to be boarding. Because, you know, you buy your ticket from Southwest or United Airlines, you're thinking, well, I'm flying Southwest or United Airlines. You're not thinking what kind of plane it is that you're getting on. And they're hoping that uh, this incident and these lawsuits bring some kind of change from that perspective, where maybe you can be a little more selective about the kind of plane you're going to be boarding instead of just the logo that's on it. All right. Thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yep. See you later. ABC's Ryan Burrow. Yeah, and when Boeing does a cost-benefit analysis, if it was to stop the production of the Max 737 MAX fleet, you I mean, you've got to see that at this point, you're producing a product that's not being purchased nor even allowed to fly at all, even the ones that are already out there. So to keep producing these in the hopes that the grounding will be lifted, to slow it 
would at least that just seems to be good business to slow it down or just halt it temporarily. But to keep going forward with it just sort of doesn't make any sense at this moment. Um, not considering you've got, like Ryan said, these lawsuits building up. I mean, the, the money you're shelling out is far more than the money that's coming in. So let's just do supply and demand when it comes to your cash. And clearly, not producing something right now probably would be the best bet. A couple other stories I want to bring you before we we uh, wrap up Wake Up Call. The federal government has fewer firefighters ready for wildfire season in California. Two agencies manage about 19 million acres of land in the state, including the Department of Interior and U.S. Forest Service. The DOI is down about 200 members, but fire crew chief uh, Robert Garcia, who leads the Forest Service crew at the Angeles National Forest, says his crew's good to go. Every fire season is definitely unique. It's really hard to tell where the you know fires will be, and, and we work very um, aggressively on prevention, education, and enforcement of fire restrictions. That's why Garcia says they've been training nonstop for months, making sure the team and their equipment is ready for a busy season. And a former CHP assistant chief in Fresno and his estranged wife have been sentenced to probation for helping their son flee the country during his rape trial. Police say the former CHP official and his ex made up a phony story about their son being kidnapped. They had actually allegedly driven him to Mexico. They claim their son never got a fair trial before he was sentenced to 35 years to life for raping a housekeeper. And what would you think if you got a birthday cake for your little girl and you, you go to the store and you... You order it, you know, and happy birthday, so-and-so is the name on the cake. And you open up the cake, and it says, happy birthday, loser. Well, that's exactly what you'll see if you go to KFIAM640.com, keyword wake-up call this morning. There was a, a miscommunication at a Walmart in Missouri. Uh, a little girl, her mother, uh, her this woman named Melon Jones, goes to pick up, or goes to order, I should say, a cake for her daughter. And her daughter's name is Liz, and the girl's nickname is Lizard. So she says, I go to Walmart, and I ask the lady, write, happy birthday, Lizard, on the cake. But the lady didn't hear Lizard. She heard Loser. So Joan says she was pretty upset, but now thinks it's kind of funny. She said, I was shocked, didn't know what to think at first. Then after the, sh- the shock wore off, I couldn't stop laughing. Jones grabbed her phone, snapped a picture of Elizabeth, little Lizard, and the cake and posted it that night, but later removed it for fear that the Walmart worker would get in trouble. So, Melon Jones, you have a great sense of humor. To the Walmart lady who wrote loser instead of lizard, maybe maybe you should show them what you wrote down. Just, just to make sure that that doesn't happen again. I'm just saying. This is KFI and KOSTHD2 Los Angeles. We lead local. Live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom, I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.